This episode of the Out of Bounds Podcast is sponsored by Fisher Skis, and you can visit them at www.fishersports.com. Hello there. Uh, good morning, good afternoon, good day, good evening, whatever. This is the Out of Bounds Podcast. My name is Adam Jabber, and we have an awesome episode for you. Uh, Rachel Poles on the show. Rachel is an artist, obviously a skier and an athlete, but um, she's primarily... Uh, an artist and a really, really, really good one. Um, if you're unfamiliar with what she does, we'll include her website in the show notes. Uh, honestly, I, I wasn't sure how this conversation was going to go. I, I thought it would be like, I, I don't know. I, I just wasn't sure what it was going to be like. Uh, Rachel's a phenomenal talker, a phenomenal storyteller. Uh, we kind of get the opportunity to talk through some of the things that she's passionate about, which obviously includes art, but it also... It's crazy to just talk to someone like this that just has the type of work ethic that I respect very much uh, and hear them kind of go through a lot of the same thought processes that that I think some of us go through uh, where you're like, okay, like this is this is what I need to do. Like I got to do what I got to do to make what I want to happen happen, right? And she's kind of built this life for herself, starting with babysitting for, you know, multiple kids for 12 bucks an hour. Uh, and then switching over to this career where she has the opportunity to like do what she loves to do every day. Um, we also talk about her relocating, uh, basically all the way to Norway, uh, over the past few months, why she did that, what that process has been like. Uh, and we also dive in pretty deep on a lot of stuff, uh, just kind of like the overall culture of life the way people act the way her career is perceived the way uh the way she exists on a day-to-day basis and kind of just her mindset overall uh, i really really enjoyed this conversation this is probably this is one of my favorite conversations we've had on this show uh and if i could have a, sh- a conversation like this one every single time i would never i would never ch- like i would only do this type of conversation where we actually get to dive in a little deeper, talk about stuff, something specific. It's not like, where'd you grow up? Skiing? Like, nobody really, we all know, like, nobody really cares where people just grew up skiing, right? I mean, that's like a cool add-on sometimes, but it's not, it, it's not a deep enough conversation for me to get into personally. Um, and I've been thinking a lot about, like, the way you get into conversations and what that stuff looks like um, and the way that I listen to podcasts, right? So we're going to try to do some longer ones, try to do some more in-depth ones as we go forward, uh, anyway, uh, this is a fantastic episode. I hope you guys enjoy it. I hope you guys check out some of Rachel's stuff. Sorry, my email's going off. It's like early and people are emailing right now. So, um, I don't, I'm not going to answer their emails right now. Um, obviously before we jump into the show, we've got a few things going on. Uh, one, I'd like to thank our sponsor Rumpel, um, for, not just sponsoring this show and sponsoring the collective as a whole, but also setting up this interview. Um, Rumpel has been a great partner to us here at the out of collective. Uh, they honestly have just been, they've been really easy to work with and they make some of my favorite products to use. I think that are, that are out there. Uh, they have a new, uh, flame proof blanket, uh, that just launched pretty recently. Uh, they also have blankets that are with some of your favorite artists, including Rachel Pohl. Um, it's absolutely beautiful. We kind of talk talk about it a little bit in the episode. You can actually 
like it's one of the few things that you can put art on and it looks like a real canvas um, and the art doesn't really lose any of the quality uh, the way that Rumple puts this stuff up is uh, is crazy to me like it looks it looks really really good um, yeah props to Rumple props to Rachel this stuff looks uh, looks excellent so you can go to rumple.com uh, and uh, check out what Rumple has to offer they also make these cool little koozies too um like drink koozies that are pretty unique like everybody has a million koozies but i think one of the coolest parts about uh what the, the rumple ones is like they're they're like little blankets kind of um anyway you can use promo code out of bounds all caps for 15 percent off at rumple.com um and check out check out everything they do and i'll remind you too they they're also they care about the environment they recycle over 5 million plastic water bottles a year and try to offset their carbon footprint as best as they can. So uh, check them out for sure. Uh, we also have our friends at Spot. Uh, Spot is back. We're running episodes again for the fall. Uh, so if you are somebody that is looking um, to add some insurance policies to your ski resort, to your lift tickets, um, if you're working at a resort and you think it might be a good idea to offer your guests some coverage, Spot Insurance has you covered. Um, obviously, we participate in a somewhat dangerous actually <laughs> fairly dangerous sport where injuries are a regular incur occurrence it's probably a good idea to have some coverage especially if you're hearing this and you work at a resort uh you run a resort whatever it's uh it's actually a really good opportunity to get people some coverage um it's pretty low cost to you and it's very low cost to the end user <clears throat> so uh check out outofbounds.getspot.com and make sure your riders are covered anytime they're on your hill. Uh, highly recommend doing this. It's uh, it's a really good program. Obviously, they'll talk you through it better than I can. But it's uh, it's really interesting. They just partnered with Imba as well. Um, so there's I mean there's a lot of pluses. Spot's kind of taking over the outdoor insurance world, and uh, and it's really cool because they're offering it for an affordable price point. So, um, not much else. We do have a call in number for the show now. Um, so. If you'd like to call in, you'd like to ask questions either to me, to a future guest, to a past guest, to anyone on the collective, really, um, you can do that. Um, it's actually, it's something I'd like you to do. It's it's kind of cool. I've never had this call-in thing. Um, Alex Kaufman actually used to do this, and Ethan was like, we need to add some production value. So now we have production value. <laughs> I guess it, it's in the form of, uh, of calling in. So the number will be in the show notes. Do that if you want to, um, and let's chat. We'll play them on the show uh, pretty much every week from here on out. Uh, if they are specific for me uh, or for the guest or just a general topic, uh, we will play them at the end of every episode. So uh, that's cool. We also have the gear guide coming out very soon. Uh, it'll be dropping in October, so keep an eye out for that. We got new... Uh, function wear and out of collective headbands that just dropped. They are very cool. They're very comfortable. Uh, fuck off and ride your bike. Uh, top caps are on the website as well. Check all that stuff out. It's just out of podcast.com or out of collective.com. Either way, uh, you can find us on the webs. That was a long one. Um, I hope you enjoyed this episode. I seriously did so much and I can't thank Rachel enough uh, for coming on the show and spending her time with me. So, Thanks, everybody, and we'll talk to you after the episode. Rachel, 
why don't you tell people, let's start fresh here. Uh, tell people who you are, a little bit about yourself, and then we'll kind of take it from there. So my name's Rachel Pohl, and I'm an artist. I grew up in Bozeman, Montana, and I lived there for 29 and a half years. And four months ago, I decided uh, to move to Norway with my husband and our dog and our cat. <laughs> and so it has been such a wild ride uh, trying to get my creativity back after being so uprooted and moving all the way across the world, 4,000 miles away from home. <laughs> and I'm just really excited to have this conversation because... I, I have a lot that I'm really excited to share that I feel like I haven't really given myself the time and the space to process from just, yeah, such a, such a big move and such a new life. Yeah. It's, that's a huge change. So you went from Montana to Norway. Is that like, is that right? That's the switch yeah. that we just made. That seems like a world, I mean, both are beautiful places, but it seems like that's a little bit of a world apart. Absolutely. So Growing up in Bozeman, I decided to become an artist when I was really young. When I was 14, I declared I'm going to go to college for art. It's going to be amazing. I spent most of that time, okay, not most, a lot of that time skiing, spending time outside. I was really lucky to grow up camping and yeah, just spending a ton of time in nature with my family, which sort of translated to, yeah, me really having this reverence and appreciation for the outdoors, for these places that gave me so much help and so much sort of, yeah, just positivity added so much to my life. And I started painting the places I visited that grew into my art career, which I've been doing for almost a decade full time now. And yeah, so just choosing to move was honestly, just such, it's been such a big deal because my art, my community, who I was, my whole identity was wrapped up in this place of mm. painting specific landscapes, of doing specific things, skiing at the same ski area for almost 30 years. And <laughs> it has been so transformational to make this move because yeah both are just really beautiful places but then <laughs> there's the language barrier mm. there's been you know getting into the system here it was really hard to get our bank accounts and you have to have a personal number and all of these hoops to jump through have been yeah they've honestly like taken a lot of that creativity and that foundation away for for a bit we've only been here for i mean under four months but it mm. feels like a completely new reality a completely new way of living things like going to the grocery store that used to be simple now i have to pull out my phone and do a translator app to try to see what the ingredients are and mm. figure out what things are and we had to figure out how to get a car loan in a country where we had no credit and all of these things. But it has been truly so amazing. And yeah, we live in the Lofoten Islands of Northern Norway. So we are about a hundred miles north of the Arctic Circle. <laughs> so this summer, uh, we did, the sun didn't set for about six weeks. And then this winter, the sun won't rise for about six weeks. 
So those are just a few of the little, little changes um, <laughs> that we've experienced since moving here. <laughs> you sound like you're really positive about it, but that sounds exhausting. Like trying to move, trying to figure out a new life, especially when you go through all of those changes at once. So what, what has that been like when you're, I mean, cause it's a complete shift of obviously physically where you're at, but just the environment that you're in, which I imagine eventually will be really good for the creative side of it but and like we'll kind of open up new doors for you but it's gotta be hard right because you look at it so for example like you look at your instagram or you look at like it online and you're like this is perfect this is beautiful this is where everybody wants to be so as somebody who wants to move to a norway or somewhere totally different from where i live in massachusetts what what's been different? What's been the hardest thing for you to figure out so far in the few months that you've been there? Oh, <laughs> it's hard to pick one thing. Well, I mean, you can talk um... about more than one. It doesn't have to be one, but I guess like, what were the things that you were like, okay, this is actually really rough. You mentioned like getting a car loan. You mentioned the, the, like how it's six weeks in without sun or six weeks with sun. like, that's yeah. All of that seems Absolutely. insane. <laughs> I think one of the hardest things has been I went from feeling so confident in who I was, knowing so many people in my hometown, knowing where to drive, what to get at the market. It's easy to have this false sense of confidence in a situation like mm. that, where you, you know, everyone speaks your language and you know where to drive, you know, like all of these simple, basic things. And I had, you know, I'm sixth generation Montanan. So I have a ton of family there. My parents, my brother, my friends from college, my friends from high school. And to go from that and that level of ease and confidence, where then you have all of this time to create art, to work on your dreams, to just exist, all of that kind of gets taken away when you move somewhere new. Mm. And the feeling of loneliness and the feeling of what am I doing? I mean, the first few weeks, I looked at flights back to Montana every day. <laughs> I was like, get me out of here. It was one of the biggest storms of the spring. It was, you know, 35 degrees there. We'd wake up with snow. This was in May uh, on the mountains. It would be like raining sideways and blowing and cold and it was miserable and i was like what did i just do i just spent so much energy so much effort so much money it took us you know two and a half years to get these visas we hired lawyers it was so much work and we got here and i was like can't do it <laughs> and i think that's that's just like such such a like basic survival thing right where you're like get me out of this situation yeah. where I feel so uncomfortable. So that time passed. And then there was just this loneliness of like, okay, we have, I have my husband, I have my dog, I have my cat, but that's it. We mm. kind of had a friend who we'd made before we started out with her. She started introducing to friend us to friends. And this week, like I'm exhausted because the last week I did something with friends every single day. Mm. bike rides going to the beach making dinner going on hikes and it was it's so wild because i haven't made new friends in so long and it 
it, it's like so important for all of us to be put in situations or put ourselves in situations where we have to grow and where we feel yeah. really, really uncomfortable because you just don't know who you're going to meet, what's going to happen unless you get a bit outside your comfort zone. Mm. And I think it's, it's, we all think, okay, moving across the world. Yeah, I'm good. Like, I'm just going to want to move home. Okay. Yeah. That is like the initial reaction. But if you could just sit in the discomfort of that for a while, like the friends I've been making, the, the experiences we've been having, the creativity I've been feeling, the connection with myself for the first time in my life, I'm doing things because I want to do them. Mm. Not because my family has done them for six generations, not because someone told me to. It's so weird to wake up for the first time in my life. And even though it's hard and even though it's painful and even though I have days where I do look at flights <laughs> to go home, not to move, <laughs> but just to visit, they're few and far between. And I, I really think that this experience has, it's already made me grow in ways that I could not have foreseen. And it reminds me so much of one of my favorite routines in life is doing cold plunges. Mm. And I started doing them about a year ago. It's ideal to do them in a lake or the ocean, but you can do it in the shower. It doesn't have to be a big deal. You can just turn on the cold water at the end of your shower for a minute. Just did that recent, like this morning. And it like that feeling of being like, I am so uncomfortable right now, but I know this is good for me. And I am just going to stay in this freezing water because it is going to benefit me. I think that is the energy that you kind of have to bring to moving to a new place or making such a big life change such as this. Because no, it is not easy. The loneliness, the feeling <laughs> just so incompetent and not confident and like trying to check out at the grocery store and just being like in, just like, just struggling so hard. <laughs> and then you figure out that you can just go to the self-checkout. And you figure out what credit card works at what store. Mm -hmm. And you're not just like red in the face, getting all of your cards declined, you know, like just, just little things like that, <laughs> where like, you have to just laugh at yourself and you have to just stay in the discomfort. And then on the other side of that, it's like friendship and making sushi on the beach and like sunsets on mountaintops. But I really don't think that a lot of that translates well to social media. And so... Right. I'm just really grateful to be able to talk about this. Yeah, no, it sounds like you've got a lot to unpack here. There was a, there's a lot there. I, so let, let me ask a very simple question then. Why, why did you move? What made you and your husband decide to like uproot your lives and do this thing? I mean, what, like, yeah, that seems a, crazy. For <laughs> <laughs> it's a great question. Um, so I think it's kind of like three levels okay. i think the first one is definitely just feeling like we didn't want to wake up and do the same thing every day for the next 50 60 years mm. because we had bought this we bought a house out in the country we you know spent the better part of two and a half years in that house <laughs> like we owned it for three years uh we actually just are selling it it's under contract right now 
which is wild Sick. as of like two days ago, right? So so we bought this dream house, the pandemic happened, and we just like we just kind of kept looking at each other and saying, like, are we just gonna do this? I've already been doing this almost the same thing for 30 years. Are we just gonna do this? And I think that having the choice to uproot is is not something that everyone has. I recognize that it's a massive privilege, 100%. But we chose Norway because we we asked ourselves like where like what do we want in life? And we realized that as much fun as it has been to we worked almost 800 days in a row with like maybe a day off here and there, but like not really. Mm to make this dream happen. Like we just want to wake up and feel like we have space in the day to go be outside if we want to, to rest if we want to, and to just actually show up for it and enjoy our lives. And we wanted to do it in a way that felt like we were traveling, but where we weren't because traveling is really exhausting. And it's, uh, you know, it's not that easy to do with a dog and a cat. And so, mm. We just sort of, you know, looked at each other and said, like, let's do it. And also, we just love being outside. We love an adventure. We love storytelling. And it just felt like life is short and <laughs> you never know what's going to happen. You never know when there's going to be a pandemic. You never know. That's and true. if you can, go find some magic and then also share that with other people share that with loved ones be a good ancestor you know like i i think that uh i think that all the discomfort is so worth it mm. be a good ancestor that's something i don't think i've ever heard anybody say before that's uh elaborate on that a little bit what does that mean yeah i mean i think you know i think about america and obviously there's so many amazing things about it and it's also it's like, it's a really challenging place for a lot totally. of people. And it's a really challenging place to be a mom. I really want to be a mom. I think one of the, you know, things that is really interesting about somewhere like Norway is when I, when we have kids, the government will pay for my maternity leave. Mm. And granted, it's my money that I've paid in taxpayer dollars. But I mean, for a year, I will get a year of paid maternity leave. Yeah. And I just think that that's what everyone deserves. I agree. And I just think that there's all these structures that I know that like more places could be like a Norway, like a Sweden, you know, like Finland. Yeah. And I think that maybe one of the things I'm supposed to do, yes, I'm an artist. Yes, I'm all these things. But I think one of the things I'm here to do is to maybe share other ways of living that are more humane for people that are better for people and being here i hope to talk more about that kind of thing and like the healthcare system mm. you know healthcare is free netflix there's a thing that's basically netflix but it's like not called netflix and it's free <laughs> what? It's like your taxpayer dollars give you free netflix it's amazing just things like that and i and i know not everyone will agree with this or resonate with it but that's just the honest truth yeah and it feels really, uh, yeah, I just, I just hope that more and more we can make life better for more people. Cause I just, I truly believe that 
everyone deserves that. Yeah, it's uh, it's funny. I, I have no idea what my taxpayer dollars go to. I have no clue what, because they definitely don't go to the roads. They definitely don't go to like the parks. They definitely don't go to things that I really care about. And mm-hmm. that's kind of why I was telling you before we started, I've considered a place like Norway as someplace that I would like to live in the future because it's so progressive, right? Like those things mm-hmm. actually really, really matter. I remember last year I was talking to Nikolai Shermer um, and he was like, basically just telling me how shit this is here and how great and in not in a like your shit this is great but he was very just happy about where he lived and just very clear about like look this is the things even down to like healthcare and getting mm-hmm. surgery right like he was telling me the story about how he was in the U.S. when he tore his ACL and they were like you need surgery like or actually it was his Achilles and he was just telling me the story about how they were like, yep, we got to cut you open, got to cut you open, got multiple opinions in the U.S. And then he went home um, to Norway and he like ended up not getting surgery. And it was just as strong, like, and he skied the whole year on this Achilles that was not surgically repaired. And they just let it heal on his own, like on its own. They're not, their first method of fixing the problem wasn't to cut you open because that's what they're paid to do. They're yeah. paid to give you health care as opposed to actually getting paid to give you surgery, right? So that was a... That was a very like eye-opening thing to me that that different countries do just do things differently, and and Norway is one of those that is extremely progressive. Yeah, and it feels uh, I feel extremely fortunate to be in this system, and I you know our plan is to ultimately live here forever. We do have to learn Norwegian, which is kind of <laughs> funny because no one else like we have friends from all over Europe that live here. And they don't have to learn Norwegian. So I'm kind of waiting. I'm kind of like holding out, like I'm going to learn it, but I'm also kind of holding out for them to change the rules and be like, so literally only Americans have to learn Norwegian at this point and they don't have to anymore, but, (laughs) but I'm still trying to learn. (laughs) We have six years to do it. Wait, you have to learn Norwegian. That's a thing. You actually have to, you have to be, yeah, you have to be conversational. So you don't have to know all of the words, but you do need to be able to pass a language test. But yeah, we have up to six years uh, and then that's how we would get permanent residency. But so at this point, we just have a one year visa and then we get to reapply every year. And that is just based on the stipulation that we are making as much money as we say we're going to make so that we can basically be functioning members of society. And it's really funny because like side note, there's this whole uh, corner of the internet that thinks that Charles, my husband, is the heir to post cereal and that we're (laughs) worth like millions and millions of dollars. And it's just so funny because yeah, people are like, oh yeah, they they have a trust fund. I'm like, we actually couldn't be here unless we were like working hard and like paying taxes off of the money we're earning (laughs) through the business we made. Does that drive you nuts? Does that like actually drive you nuts? It's got to, right? I, I, it totally ugh. drives me nuts because I like already have all of these money stories, right? Like we all have money stories. And I'm like, I only deserve money if I work really hard for it. And the money I have, I feel guilty about. So I donate it. It's like, it's a whole thing. And then people are like, oh, you're obviously a trust funder. And I'm like, oh my gosh. That's so insane. <laughs> you do not know how like much i beat myself up over all of these themes you do not need to tell me this it's funny people have people have like this perception of this like beautiful internet persona and they think everything's just given to you right like it's not i talked about this with caroline like a few weeks ago and she was 
we kind of just talked about how you don't have to prove what your job is to anybody anymore, right? Like you don't have to validate mm-hmm. your job to anybody anymore. Your job is your job. You don't need to prove it to someone at the, on the internet that you worked really hard to get to where you're at. Right. And that's a, that's a difficult thing. It's much easier said than done, obviously to just be like, no, I don't care what they say. Or like I, I've earned my place. It's, it's an internal struggle that I think everybody deals with. Um, especially if you have an internet platform or whatever, nobody, nobody gives a shit about any of the hard work that you do. They just care about yeah. like trying to put themselves on the same level as you, whether that's bringing you down or bringing what they did up, it, that's everybody's goal is to, is to kind or at least what it seems is to make everybody on a level playing field. And it's just not what it is. Like some people work harder than others. Some people just, and honestly, a lot of it's luck too, right? Like the right place, totally. right time, talent's a huge thing, but there's tons of talented people that don't make it. So there's like, I know, I know dozens and dozens and dozens of them where I'm like, you're the best gear I've ever seen in my life, but you're not, you're not a professional, right? Like you're not making money doing, there's so many intangible things that just happen. And I think that's such a hard thing for people to understand. Like it's very, it's very right place, right time, opportunity meets your preparation and all, on all this kind of stuff. It's really, it's very interesting to me to see where people end up and how those things kind of come together. I think that is, I mean, I would love to talk a bit more about that because looking back on my art career, so yeah, I decided to become an artist when I was 14. When I was 17, I went to MSU Bozeman. I was there for five years uh, studying art. I have a BFA in painting and then a minor in art history, and I almost got a psychology degree, but I just quit because statistical psychology it just didn't work for me. I yeah. can't do numbers. I'm a bit dyslexic. It's, I was like, no, I can't do this. But I still love psychology. That's a huge part of what I do now. And um, and then I, the biggest thing for me, like the first big thing was meeting, well, I guess I'd known him for a while, but being connected with a, fr- a now friend who made my prints. I was like, what? You can just take a picture of your painting and then sell prints? <laughs> And he like showed me how to do it. He charged me like half price because I had no money. I was like, you know, 20. And I started selling them in the shop at Bridger Bowl. And I was so proud of myself. I was like, they just, they just like bought 20 prints for me. And it was a huge deal. (laughs) And looking back, I'm like, I almost envy my past self for how, for how, like when, when you have no When your baseline is like so low, what you expect, everything exceeds your expectations. And, and, and same with everyone around you. And then when you start and when it's like, okay, and then I have this happen and you know, this happen, and then your career goes up and up and up. And then it's like, well, how do you outdo yourself? Mm. And I think that that's kind of like what you just said, you and Caroline were talking about how you reach the ceiling where you're like, okay, I could spend my energy trying to prove, or I could just do my thing. And those who are meant to be here and meant to appreciate it will know. Those who get it, get it. Those right. who don't, don't. But but I got so lucky. I got so lucky with my printmaking friend. I got so lucky because a gallery in Bozeman, uh, right before I graduated from college, said, hey, we've been watching your work since you were in high school. Please show in our gallery if you want. Let's have a show. I was like, oh my gosh, okay, let's do this. And so I've been showing there ever since, uh, almost nine years later. And 
And then meeting my husband, Charles, honestly, was such a huge thing. He taught me how to really value myself a lot more and to not put myself down and be like, oh, my art isn't worth that much. He was like, no, like, let's, let's do this. And, and I realized like how much, you know, masculine and feminine genders aside, just like we all have masculine and feminine energy within us, how like to kind of have a bit more of that, like masculine energy, like I am worth it. These are my prices. My work is great. And to just own that and and not shrink away and meeting him yeah really really taught me to stand up for myself and to to become a lot luckier because I kept just putting myself out there and I kept asking for you know higher prices for not just originals but for collaborations for Instagram posts for all these things and I think that you know it is also so easy to say, oh, well, this person just got lucky and it was just this, this single person alone doing all these things and they got lucky. And it's like, no, my whole career has been such an effort of teamwork. My husband, friends, family, the one who makes my prints, like, you know, my employees, my, I now have a warehouse where I ship everything. Like it takes a village, not to mention all of the customers and friends who have believed in me and bought my work. And I think, I think like what I'm so excited about going forwards is alchemizing the loneliness and the confusion and the struggle that I have faced over so many years of being an artist and yes, getting lucky and yes, having people tear me down and having a professor who said my work was horrible in front of everyone every day. You know, like I've had all these experiences and I want to alchemize those and build my own community on a platform that's going to live on my website and anyone can join. And it is going to be like a membership type thing, but basically it will be a safe space for artists and creatives to share their work. I'm going to share behind the scenes on my process for anyone who's interested. I'm probably going to do some kind of live calls. We're going to have, yeah, there's going to be like an art gallery page where people can share their own work and we can all collaborate and I can share about business and we can just make it easier. Like it doesn't mm. have to be hard. We can all succeed. We can all be artists or creatives or whatever it is. And we can all make each other lucky by supporting each other and like the the whole model of the individualist of i'm just gonna succeed and mm. screw everyone else like that is so done i'm so over that narrative <laughs> like the more we can collaborate with each other and be kind to each other and the more everyone feels supportive the better and i think that that's what i'm most excited about going forwards as much as I am, of course, going to keep painting. And I actually am just starting to show in a new art gallery in Jackson Hole. It's called Gallery Wild. That's Sick. happening today. So everything will be live um, in the gallery when this goes live. That's all great. But like, I'm just so excited about sharing everything that I have learned and everything I've been through with a community of artists who are also just trying to 
trying to have their art be seen and like trying to share and trying to like make meaning in this crazy world because we all need that. No, we totally do. And I think that, so that's going to be kind of an invaluable resource for other people so that they, it's funny, like we keep saying like get lucky, but it's like the goal is to get lucky more often, right? Like you just shoot as much as you possibly can, but if you can shoot at a better target, I think it's, uh, it makes everybody's life a little easier, right? You kind of eliminate the yep. stuff that doesn't work um, and you kind of get a better lens into what into what does work. And I think that's that's one of the best things that you can do with a platform that you've taken so much time and put so much effort into building is actually help other, like bring other people up, right? It's a, it's a competitive space, but it's not a competitive space, at least from my perspective, that like everybody's art is different, right? It's all unique in a way. It all has this ability to pull different people in or to pull the same people in for a different reason, right? And I think that's that's one of the things that makes it so easy to collaborate with, at least from the outside looking in. I, I just, there's no benefit to not working with other people. And I think there's very few jobs and career paths that it wouldn't benefit you to work with other people, right? Like that, like, kind of hustle grind individualist mentality I think it gets you to a certain point right but I think there's a certain point when you're like all right I've I'm just spinning wheels here like I'm not I'm not doing anything progressive anymore I have no new idea like I've run out and there's no reason yeah. to have that going forward because it limits the it limits your ability to grow and it, it's funny we all collaborate in ways that I don't think we actually realize Right. Like even just people in our regular lives that we just in, in our everyday lives that we talk to and we're like, oh, that's a really good idea. And then it sparks something that you can actually apply to your work and your career. That's still a form of collaboration. It's just like you don't know you're doing it. You don't think about doing it. So having a space to do that kind of thing seems like seems like a home run. Yeah. And, and like we're collaborating right now. Totally. Yeah, I yeah. mean, every conversation is a collaboration. And, and yeah, I, I'm. I'm excited that you think this is an interesting idea. I'm super excited about it. I'm also excited to bring in some things that I've felt nervous about talking about, such as astrology and human design and manifesting all of these things that I have been kind of behind the scenes, been really diving into and paying attention to that I think are yeah, definitely not mainstream yet mm. and have these sort of like woo-woo connotations. I have found so much value and so much power and clarity and direction in studying these things. And I want to bring all of those different methods together with psychology into how we can unblock and unlock our creativity through collaboration with other people through community and i'm just yeah i'm still in the beginning of stages of building this this platform that i'm alluding to but i will definitely let everyone know when that happens but i'm just so lit up by it because yeah i have i have just felt like that stagnancy that i had this goal of okay i want to move to norway i need to make x amount of money to make that possible and it's been amazing that I've been able to be a full-time artist and support myself and buy a house and all of these things, but it's, it only gets you so far, right? If you are not mentally, emotionally fulfilled, mm. 
it, it just like none of it really matters. Like none of the success matters unless you can share it with other people, unless you are lifting other people up, unless you feel like you're making a difference in the world or, or that's how it is for me. I find so much meaning in all of the emails and messages and things that I get from people who have said like, hey, you've made a difference through your writing, through what you're doing in life. And like, that's, that's what's fun. Painting, painting is just like, yeah. <laughs> that's, it's like, okay, if this, there's my diagram. <laughs> painting is the iceberg, right? Painting is what's above the water. Right. And then everything else is what's underneath all the intention, all the time spent outside, the, the conversations with friends, the, the podcast, the writing, the journaling, the inner work, like all of that is what really matters and like what really supports and holds up the art. Without yeah. all of that, without feeling rooted and grounded with purpose and, you know, having like where to go forwards, I can't create and none of that, you know, none of it even means anything anymore. And so I think moving to Norway and my whole path, like everything, it just all feels so like exactly where I'm supposed to be. That's like the simplest way of putting it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's just, I'm, I, I don't think people say this enough, but like, I am really proud of myself. I am really proud of myself for doing all of the hard things all the hard things that were not handed to me that people have been telling me not to do all along and just trusting in myself. And like, that's the message that I want to share to everyone is like, follow your own path, make your own art, be inspired by people. Absolutely. Collaborate, do all of that. But like we each are here to do something so unique, even if that's within artists, even if that's within creative, like we are all so powerful and special and magnetic but only if we start to really see that and i think that like this move or some hard situation in life is a fast track to that kind of growth mm. yeah that's it's actually a thing that i find i find myself doing this a lot where i'm like i'm making things harder for myself in a way like i just like i, I do this all the time like i actually feel like people say this and i don't know if i believe everybody but i definitely believe it when i say it I like chaos, right? Like it helps me a lot to think and react because then I'm not, I'm, I'm a habitual overthinker. Like if I think about things too much and you just explain it to me step by step by step, I'm never going to understand. Like I just have to kind of do it, figure it out and see where I end up. And I think there's so much value in being able to just like adapt and like put yourself in a difficult situation and, and see how it changes you and changes your perspective. And it gives you a totally new way to look at things that that is a privilege right because not everybody gets to just go mm -hmm. and like uproot their life change change everything about their surroundings and do a thing but it, it's also like you mentioned it's also really hard for people to just stop and be especially when you have success it's really hard to stop and just be proud of yourself for where you're at that's like it's funny that's like a thing that's like trending on tiktok right now right like it's a thing that like people are like talking about like being hard on themselves right like they use some example it's like oh we didn't get this contract right and then it's like a picture of them at like five years old like we get contracts now like it's it's that it's that kind of perspective where you can look at it at any point in your career and you can go like I made it to this point like initially you're sending emails like 
hoping that someone will even talk to you on a podcast, right? Or answer you after eight weeks or something like, and you're like grasping at straws or like, or like with art, you're like, you're trying, like, this is worth money. I like had no idea that this is even worth money. Like making a career, getting to those progressional steps. It's hard to figure that stuff out in our own memories because our memories are so short and so fleeting that you remember the stuff if you stop and think about everything that you've been through to get to a point, but you don't really remember what it felt like in that time. Mm-hmm. So, and that's, yeah. I, I think that is so well said. And I, that's why I journal and I love yeah. writing. Like I will write books. I'm going to write books. <laughs> Just wait. It'll take me a second. Um, but I think it's so important to, to yeah. really look back and reflect on that and to almost imagine what that felt like. For for example, this reminds me of, um, so when I was 21, I think it was the first time I went to Outdoor Retailer. Mm-hmm. And for those that don't know, Outdoor Retailer is, you know, a massive trade show where brands from all over show up and basically show what's coming up in the next season. I kind of went with my friend's magazine i may have lied a little bit to get into the show which is fine because i did not i could not have afforded you know yeah getting in there i (laughs) could not have afforded that and so i remember i went by myself i knew no one i was there alone i drove to bozeman or from bozeman to salt lake you know seven and a half hours i stayed at a friend's house i would walk to the convention center because i like couldn't afford to pay for the parking and i went by myself and i just would go into booths and i would say like hi i'm rachel here's a printed out guide of some of my artwork would you like to put my artwork on your things and everyone was like okay that's cute and i got rejected by everyone (laughs) The first two years I went, everyone. And one of those brands was Rumpel. And they were really kind. You know, it was not, it wasn't like, oh my gosh, who are you? Who do you think you are? Get out of here. It was very much like, thank you so much for appreciating our blankets. But no, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> and so I, I I pitched them probably three times. Okay. I would just go into the booth and be like, hey. And then I went with Charles one of the last times we went to OR, kind of before the pandemic. And Charles knew them and it was like, okay, maybe we could work something out. And <laughs> that was just kind of what I got used to. But I was like, I'm not going to take no for an answer. Like, I'm just yeah. going to keep coming back because I had a feeling. And so I'm really excited to say that Rumpel and I just launched our third blanket together and that has been just the best partnership ever. I feel so fortunate to, you know, be able to work with companies like that. And I really do think that they, like that experience pushed me to become the artist I am today because sometimes you do need a bit of rejection Mm. of people saying like, you know, this is, this is pretty good, but like try again next year. Yeah. And I don't think that this idea of like, everyone's really good and like, you're good enough. It's like, yeah, you are good enough as a person, but if you want your art to be out there in the world, like you should keep working on it because Mm. it's fun. It's fun to master a craft. I I mean, I still, every time I paint, I'm like, ah, I'm just not there yet. I'm not where I want to be, but it's also fun to see how far I've come. 
Yeah. And I'm really glad that Rumpel didn't work with me when I first asked back when I was 21, 22, mm. because I, I don't know who would have bought that. Like, no yeah. offense. It just, I wasn't there yet. And like, what the blanket that I just released with them is like one of my favorite paintings ever. I'm, and again, it's I'm beautiful. so proud it's of it. It's really, really yeah, good. Thank you. Yeah, of course. <laughs> it's like, if people haven't seen it, it just came out a, a week ago, two weeks ago, something like that. Yeah. And it's like, it's, it's insane. It's crazy the way that they're able to put stuff on blankets and like even the little container they come in is it's insane. Yes. Like it looks so good. I know. Sometimes you worry about like the art being downgraded on products. Like that's always a big concern, right? It's got to be super high level stuff in order to get printed on something. And sometimes it gets botched, but I think they've done a phenomenal job at making stuff that just like, that just works and it lasts and it looks good. Right. It's totally, it's beautiful. And like at the show, their booth is always like, number one for the way that it looks aesthetically it's just like such a pleasing thing to walk into and i think that's why i was so drawn right, to it i right. was like okay this is the perfect canvas for my art like we just need to make this happen yeah. right right <laughs> and it's fun too because i you know living here in the northern part of norway uh we've probably had 10 days over 60 degrees where it's sunny and the rest of the time, it's pretty cool, pretty rainy. And so I bring my rumple on literally every hike. Mm. And we'll like get to the top of the mountain. And I'm like, well, I'll just be wrapping up in my little <laughs> cocoon of color. And my friends are like, well, this is awkward and not fair. Yeah. So. <laughs> you could buy one and support me They're... if you want, you know, like you could buy <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. It's, uh, it's really cool. It's funny. This like immediately sounds like a plug whenever we talk about a mutual partner, but it's, it's genuine. Like it's very, they're a great partner to us. I'm sure they're a great partner to you. Mm -hmm. I, uh, those kind of relationships are kind of what we're talking about. It's like, those are the relationships that you build by kind of keeping your foot on the gas and like trying new things all the time. And, and I agree with you. Like when you said that sometimes hearing no is a good thing, like it really is if everybody just tells you you're the shit all the time, it's really hard to actually go and like self-reflect on your work and be like, this is where it can be better. If everybody's always like, you're number one, you're the best, this was perfect, you get no real feedback, right? You don't get actual, mm -hmm. uh, you don't get anything, right? It, it's also hard when somebody just tells you no with no collaboration, but like it at least gets you to go back and like look at yourself a little bit. Absolutely. And I, I think something, a theme that just keeps coming up for me is to really not take people's not take people's opinions but not take your own failures so seriously mm. but also not take your own successes so seriously yeah i think often we're like oh someone thinks that this part of me is amazing i'm gonna run with that even if that's not you right and i think that just learning to kind of center and be like okay no i actually really want to do this for example with rumple this is like aligned this is perfect like this is a product i believe in this is artwork i love it's like worth it right but but if we if we decide that every time someone praises me for example like teenage me every time someone praised me for like hitting a big cliff on skis or you know pushing myself really really hard climbing things that maybe made me feel uncomfortable that may led to me getting hurt mm. when we when we listen so much to other people's opinions in general it's like 
not always doesn't always lead to a good place. And I think it's so important to have a really strong sense of self and to reflect back on our no's, reflect back on the yeses, reflect on on all of it. And that's why I'm like so interested in in community because I think that yes, we can <coughs> Like, <laughs> yes, we can, of course, figure out all of these things, right? Like we, we can learn how to paint, we can learn how to ski, we can do all these things. But, but like, think about going out skiing with your friends who are like pushing mm. you and progressing you and you're like becoming a better skier or you see other artists on Instagram or you listen to a podcast and like, we can all up level. Mm so much faster than if we're just going at it alone. And I think that it's more important to pick up on almost like on the energies rather than on the specifics mm. when it comes to criticism or those yes or no's. I don't know. I don't really know what I'm trying to say, but I have a feeling yeah, yeah, <laughs> about yeah. it. <laughs> no, I, I get it. And so kind of in that same vein, how, how do you decide what's worth your time? What aligns with you? What, what opportunities you want to take? Because there does come a certain point when like everybody will start just throwing things at you and you're like, Oh, like this is a lot. This is a lot of work. And it's not the work that you shy away from necessarily, but it's how it aligns with you as a person, how it aligns with your brand, how it aligns with what, what makes sense for you. And also finding a proper value to make it work for both parties. Right. So I guess it's a two part, two part question, but what, what does that look like when you go and you decide something aligns with you? And then how do you go and not make it so personal that you can still get your value for things, right? I struggle with that all the time where I'll be in a relationship with a, with a brand and I actually like become to be friends with that person. And then I'm like, how do I value myself to this person that I now feel like I am a friend with and still, and still take their money, right? Cause I still have to eat. Like you still have to eat. We all still yep. have to like pay our bills, but how do you how do you figure out that that's always the hardest thing for me if i'm honest is is taking other people's money and trying to figure out what value to put on th and it's honestly why we hired a sales guy but um what what does that look like for you what does that process look for you look like for you once you figure out what aligns i love this question so much honestly and i love talking about money i know that's super <laughs> weird and taboo but i think it's so important it shouldn't be and <laughs> right it's like Money is an energy and yeah. money goes, flows. Obviously there's some exceptions, but money wants to flow to people who are doing good things. So if something feels like, okay, I'm going to be sharing about the environment in this post, or I'm going to be sharing about a product that has actually really positively affected my life, or that just makes me happy. If it feels good, like in my bones, and if I when I talk about it, I feel excited. Like we each, we each have our own way of knowing, right? Mm. Like our own sort of indicator. Mine is like talking out loud. Like if I talk out loud and I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm so excited about this thing. Mm. Then I know, okay. All right. Like this, this is the thing for me, but I think it does take time. It takes a uh, pause. It takes reflection and kind of like that iceberg analogy. There's the decision, the decision, the thing, Maybe it's a social media job. Maybe it's working with a company. That's the tip of the iceberg that you can see above the water. 
And everything that goes underneath it is your beliefs about yourself, your money stories, your worthiness. And I think all of us experience that on a spectrum. I know that I have a lot of work to do around this still, and that's something I'm really interested in working on every day, honestly, is how do I value myself and see my worth and in a society and a culture where women have been valued less than men Mm. for a long time, where women are paid 68 cents to the dollar that men are. Mm -hmm. How do I not take that subconscious thing and real thing and say, oh, well, I really want this job, but I'm going to undercharge because I'm not worth it. You know, no, like I am going to, I am going to ask for what I know I'm worth because I know that I do good things with my money. Right. I know that I do good things with my energy. I know that I do good things with my time. And I know that I am creating positive change in the world. I know that I like to donate money to causes I care about, Mm. environmental causes, humanitarian causes. That brings me so much joy. And if I know in the back of my mind, like, okay, this is an exchange. What is my energy worth? What is my effort worth? And then what am I going to do with this money? And I know that all of that is positive and feels good and feels aligned. Then I do it. Mm. And if it doesn't work out with the other person, it's not personal. They have a budget that they're trying to meet. If they go over their budget and I need to come down, I'm happy to do it. But like, it has taken me so long to get there. It really has. And to say like, no, my painting is worth this much because I put so much effort and so much love and 20 whatever years of work. Yeah, It's not just like the 100, 200, 300 hours I put into a painting. It's like my entire existence has been like yeah. funneled into this, right? And I think if we can all start to see things like that. And, and I have no problem saying no, because I have a very full inbox that I would have dreamed (laughs) of having years ago. And now I'm like, okay, like all these opportunities that doesn't feel good. That doesn't feel good. That doesn't align with me. Like, no, thank you. No, thank you. And it's like the more Mm -hmm. space we can leave in our days and in our schedules, then that's just going to leave like a perfect empty seat for the perfect opportunity that's actually meant for you and actually aligned to go sit there. And I think so often we get caught up in this like hustle culture, like we were talking about earlier, where it's like, okay, I just have to take on every opportunity and money is scarce. And what if no one asks me again? And what if the economy tanks and I don't have this opportunity? Some of that is founded in reality. Some of that is based in fear. And I think if we can just like trust that the universe is abundant, there actually is enough money to go around. The billionaires just all have it. Yeah. We just need to change some things. We need to move some things around. Yeah. But like there is enough money. If we can all start to you know, change our mindsets. And I I really recommend like, if this is interesting to anyone and sounds like, whoa, I've never heard that before. Just like go on YouTube and start watching like money manifesting videos or whatever. Like, I think that there's, there's so much wisdom to be found 
in just peeling back a few layers in our minds and starting to question what we believe, why we believe it, why we think we need to, you know, look at someone who maybe has more money and say like, oh, well, must be nice. And it's like, what if we said, cool, like, I want to be like that. I'm going to do that. I'm going to attract more money. I don't know. Yeah. No, no. For Yeah. It's a real thing though. And it's, it's funny because if you look at everybody and you're like, oh, they have this thing that I don't have and why do they have it and I don't? Like, that's just a shit way to look at everything anyway. So I, I can't understand. This episode of the Out of Bounds podcast is sponsored by 686. Uh, 686 makes the absolute best in outdoor apparel, including some of my favorite stuff, which uh, recently has become the, obviously the everywhere lineup. That stuff is incredible. Every one of us here at the collective have multiple pieces of that thing, whether it's the pant, the top, um, it, it's insane. Like I, I could live in that stuff and I have been living in those pants for a few years now, not the same ones, but which reminds me, I still am wearing the same socks as of today for the last few months. So, or last month and change. So they're getting a little, little rank, but nonetheless, uh, 686 makes some incredible products. One of the ones that I like the most, aside from that everywhere kit, is the new ATP collection. That's like their workout-inspired stuff. But honestly, like just from a stylistic perspective, it looks good. It feels good. And I couldn't be more psyched to be partnering with a company that actually cares not only about performance, but about the style aspect of things. Um, I couldn't think of a better match. Um, this... Uh, this ATP stuff is kind of a testament to that. Like they're making stuff for year round for any activity that you would be doing on hill or off hill uh, in the gym. Like if you're doing your preseason prep, uh, that ATP stuff is fire. I cannot tell you how much I've worn it. Um, it's it's great. So big fan of that stuff. Go to 686.com. Check out the whole new line and uh, let me know what you think. If you got questions on sizes or as we get into uh, winter season, if you have Technical questions on outerwear, feel free to hit us up. It's just Adam at outofpodcast.com. Um, we also have our friends at Mountain Flow Eco Wax. Mountain Flow has gotten into the bike game as of late, uh, and they make an incredible slew of products uh, that are all eco friendly, uh, which is very, very important. Um, none of them are made with petroleum. So they actually have a fun little teaser that came out uh, over the weekend or a fun little ad that came out over the weekend on their Instagram. Uh, you can go check that out. And Pete's just running around trying to fill up his bicycle with gas uh, as as a nod to all of the other bike lube companies making products based with petroleum. So uh, get yourself a wet lube, a dry lube, uh, a bike degreaser. There's regular grease. There's a whole cleaning kit. I've been, uh, I've been, oh, they have a wax one too. The wax one's really, really good. Uh, I've been, I've been psyched on the product. We actually just gave some away over the weekend as well. Uh, so be sure to hit up mountainflow.com, uh, if you would like to buy some mountain flow product. And I also out of bounds, 15% off, um, whole enchilada kit would be cool. You can get one of those. And obviously like this code will be good too on the winter stuff. So if you're prepping for winter season, feel free. Uh, go to mountainflowecowax.com, use promo code out of, out of bounds, and you get 15% off on uh, on a product that you'd be buying anyway at full price at a shop. So use it on their website, care about the environment, and uh, we're back to the episode with Rachel Pohl. 
why people have that mindset, but it's also very difficult for me to understand that mindset because I've never really, like, I didn't grow up with money either. I grew up, like, really working for everything that I had since, like, a young age. And uh, when you get to a certain point, uh, for me, I was just like, I really never gave a fuck about the money anyway, right? Like, I just did what I had to do then, and I do what I have to do now. It, it hasn't changed just because you make a little more money and you become, like, at a certain point where you're comfortable enough you still have to do the same thing. It just changes and what you get paid for. Like you always, you're switching up the methodology in which you do those things, but you're not really, you're still working just as hard. It's just your time and energy is put in different places. Like now I, I used to fill my days every single day being in the ski shop, you know, 60 hours a week, trying to figure out like how to make things work, trying to do this at the same time. And the more time I get and the more more that this became my full-time job, I, I started to realize the more time I have to actually like take for myself, think about conversations, think about the business as aspect of it, the more it's actually effective. So like instead of just running myself into the ground the whole time and being so obsessed with like making enough money to get to this point, the more, the more I just kind of figured out that like, okay, I just need to give myself space for the things that I want to do. Like you need to give yourself actual space to think and be just be alive. And I think that's a very like cliche thing to say, but like people are so obsessed with the cycle sometimes and just being in that like habitual hamster wheel kind of, and they never actually get to like feel what it is to be themselves. They go on vacation and they, like that's their release, right? And it all gets released in one and then they're back to the same job working the same thing every single day and they're unhappy, right? And all they look forward to is that next thing. Whereas like for a lot, and I think that's actually one of the positive things that the pan pandemic has done is it's made a lot of people realize like, oh, I can work from home. Like I can work on my own terms, on my own schedule. And that's, uh, that's a really foreign concept to a lot of people. Oh, I can relate so much to all of that. I feel like we've had similar <laughs> journeys uh, in terms of, yeah, going from, I mean, I used to be so proud to be like, yeah, I just worked like 16 hours a day every right. day for the last like 30 days straight. Right. I was like yeah. proud of it. And it's like, no, 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 that is just like a capitalistic patriarchal way to block yourself from your intuition and never actually enjoy yourself. Yeah. Or... <laughs> Like right. it just keeps you in the system. Yeah. And like, th really, it makes sense. I was, I was listening to a podcast where they talk about how Calvinism, which was sort of like this concept in the, I want to say like the, maybe like the 1910s or something. Do not quote me on this, mm. but basically the idea of Calvinism that was deeply rooted and still has lingering effects in American society is this idea that if you work really hard, then that proves that like God is, has favored you. So if you are successful, then like God loves you and you'll have good things in life. And if you don't work really hard or you don't have money or you know, you lose your money in the great depression, that means you're a quote loser, mm. which was like this term coined then. And it's so interesting, right? How we're all so afraid of being like the quote loser or lazy and like one of the most radical things that I have started doing over the past mm, year is I try to take a nap. Mm, like I, I was taking it, taking one once a day for a while, but I just like lay down and I take a nap. 
I'm like, it's <laughs> the afternoon. I'm tired. I've been working for a while. Yes, I work I from home. That. No, that is not possible for everyone. But like naps are absolutely radical. It's saying like, I am worth a lot. I deserve rest. Yeah. And I'm just going to lay down here on my couch. And then I wake up and I'm like, I feel amazing. And I know that's not everyone's reality <laughs> with kids and working in an office and stuff. But on the weekend, like I... I want everyone, everyone's homework is to find a day this month to lay down and try to take a nap. Like that's my homework for you because the more we can do just little, like that's like kind of a silly example, but the more we can reward ourselves or not even reward ourselves, but the more we can prove to ourselves that we are worth rest. We are worth, you know, getting to, ref it's worth it to reflect on ourselves. It's worth it to, uh, notice ourselves to appreciate ourselves to pay attention to our needs to remove ourselves from that cycle like i promise you that every single person out there listening to this doesn't matter what your job is doesn't matter like any of it i guarantee that if you decide like okay 10 minutes a day i am going to just whatever that thing is like your happy thing like mm. just do that like whether that's going for a walk or just sitting and looking at the sun, like get away from your screen, step away from your kids if that's a possibility for like 10 minutes. Like if we can all just create that space and that magic in our days, then you start like breaking that cycle and, and you start showing the universe like, hey, I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready to have something come in. I'm tired of outputting. I'm tired of just working. I'm tired of just consuming. Like I'm ready to have, you know, something come in i think that's like pretty amazing it's a crazy feeling and it's such a foreign concept to people that and it has been for me for a very long time where you can just take time and just do something that you like every day like even if it's like you go like you said go for a walk go do something just literally get sun for 10 like i used to just try to get yeah. sun for 10 minutes and i'm like this feels so good right so you just try to find these things that that make it a little better for yourself without feeling guilty. And I think that's the thing that people struggle with so much because it's so ingrained in us to just work, 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 work that you don't take the time that you need to actually reset and get any better. And it, it doesn't actually help you in the end. Like, it, and that's such a, like, we kind of were sitting here sounding like we have the answer. I have no fucking answers. I have zero no. answers to anything, but like, I can just speak to what's helped me and what I've done so far and it's been extremely helpful to try to not feel guilty for just doing something that you want to do right because as uh, like I've worked really hard I've watched my parents work really hard since I was a little kid and you just see work and work and work and you you kind of quantify your own self-worth with how hard you're working and it makes for this like horrible cycle of feeling like you're not doing enough, even when you're doing when you really want to do what you're doing. Right. And that's one of the hardest things I think for people to get over is like, I need to work. I need to make money. And like, I'm, I'm risking a lot here if I'm not doing those things, but sometimes you just got to do it. Right. Like sometimes you just got to do shit, even if it scares you, even if it's horrible, even if you're like, I, I like, it seems like this big scary thing. You just, have to kind of do it sometimes and that's the advice that I kind of wish somebody gave me a long time ago. and maybe somebody did but I wish I listened to that advice a long time ago because you never believe anybody who's like oh 
you're yeah, you'll be fine. Just take time, take the time that you need, rest, relax. You're like you're being condescending right now. I know you are. I can feel it in your tone. I know you're like, oh, he took a, like it's gonna be oh, he took a break today. Like that, you just do what you have to do, and I think that's something that people need to to kind of just do more for themselves. Yes. Oh my gosh. I think the guilt piece is so huge. And I resonate with everything you just said. I have struggled so much with feeling guilty, with feeling like, oh, if I take a break, then I'm not being like a good business owner for my customers. And if I take a break, then I will make other people feel jealous that's a thing I've experienced oh, yeah. because people do want sameness. People do want like, oh, I'm working really hard and pretty dissatisfied in my life and you're happy. Yeah. How dare you? Who do you think you are? And it's like, oh, well, you could do this too. <laughs> right. But it's so much easier to just be like, oh yeah, totally. No, I just work myself to the bone too. And it is, it's, it, it is an addiction. Like the totally. feeling of working hard and you do sort of stuff down your real feelings and your real self, your real sense of who you are when you allow guilt and fear and all of these low vibration emotions to rule your days and your decisions. And Mm. it's so easy to get stuck in this. And and like you were saying, we do not know what we are talking about. We do not have it figured (laughs) out. We just, these are just things that we have experienced and I look back on the last few years, my focus in early college was to go skiing and get my degree. Right. And it was pretty easy to get straight A's with an art degree. Like, yes, I had to write a lot of papers and yes, I had a pretty awful professor, but you know, it was pretty chill. Um, I was lucky enough to have a scholarship and be paying in-state tuition, which I know was like a, yeah, a massive privilege. And my college was like, extremely cheap Mm. um and it things felt pretty chill things felt pretty easy and then as i started to experience more success as i started to have a few products in my store uh my online shop as i started to kind of be selling some originals from the gallery as i started doing collaborations with brands like choco like rumple like lots of other things It was, it kind of was like, my gosh, like I have this responsibility. I have this real career. I have my employee, I have my warehouse. And and it's really easy to get sucked into, oh, wow, there's a mink outside. (laughs) That is so exciting. Okay, folks, I'm looking out on my porch, which is, okay, our house is over the ocean. I literally live in a little red cabin over a fjord. Like it's on stilts. It feels like you're on a boat. Anyways, I just looked outside and I saw a mink, which for anyone who doesn't know, it's kind of like a ferret and I have not seen one here. I'm really excited about it. <laughs> do you need a break? Do you want to go? Do you want nope. to Okay. It's all good. Not going to, got pretty excited. Not going to freak out. Yeah. <laughs> what? I haven't seen one here. We've seen them around, but that is like actually a big deal. But you know, like, oh my gosh, just like the mink is the perfect segue into how <laughs> how can we allow ourselves to remember that all of us not that long ago were children yeah yes we have responsibilities yes we have bills to pay yes like that is all true and yes this is coming from someone who 
has like, I make enough money in my life now to live comfortably, not opulently, not crazy, but like, I am able to do some things that I like to do. I am able to fly places a few times a year. Like it's amazing. But I was a nanny not that long ago. That was my job. I watched kids. I did not get paid enough. And I remember just like, you know, patching it all together and not having enough money and not feeling like it was enough and not feeling like I was enough and not feeling like I could rest and watching kids for 12 hours a day. And yet always feeling like so stressed and so frustrated. And I wanted to become an artist because I wanted to not feel guilty for, I wanted to feel like I had some more money and had some more time and some more space. And it's taken me a really long time to get here, but I finally am in this place where what I want in my day isn't to just wake up and grind, to prove to other people that I may not even know that I'm good enough, to prove to myself that I'm not lazy, to prove to myself that I deserve the life I have. Like mm. I have worked really hard for this life. Have I had to work less hard than some people? Probably. Have I had to work more hard than some people? Yes. <laughs> But like, it doesn't matter. Like we all just need to focus on our own lives and focus on how can we bring in whatever our circumstances, how can we bring more abundance, more excitement, more joy, more fun, all of that into our lives? How can we not block ourselves off from that stuff because we think we're not good enough? When we prove to the universe over and over again that like, all I'm good enough for is working really hard and having one vacation a year. The universe is like, okay, sure. If that's all you think that you're good enough for. Mm. But if we decide like, I'm not going to feel guilty for taking the morning off. I'm not going to feel guilty for having a sick day when I don't really feel that great. I'm not going to feel, you know, like I think that obviously we each exist within different realities but i think we can all find so much meaning and so much fun mm. yes fun yeah always it's, and that's why i love being uh, an artist because it's like <laughs> it's so fun just me and my mink <laughs> it's it's uh yeah i well i hope that everybody kind of gets that opportunity to like feel or to look at things that way right because i think if everybody's just looking at everyone else and they're like oh this person has this thing this person has this thing it's such a crazy horrible feeling mindset to be in right like use that kind of stuff as motivation if that's what gets you going but using it as like oh this person's there this person's there and they're like like you have no idea what anybody did to get to their to get to where they're at you have no idea like mm -hmm. maybe some like people do genuinely just get lucky too like that i i don't hate the person who just won the lottery like they won the lottery sick like i don't like good for them i'm psyched i wish i won like actually that's a yeah i don't i don't think i'd want to win the lottery <laughs> but like it's uh it, i would blow it all so fast but it you don't look at it like like why can't i have that right like it because mm -hmm. you probably could like you probably could do a lot of the things that other people do if you really wanted to and and that's a that is a, a very like privileged way to look at things like it's you have to be able to like get yourself to a point where you're happy with yourself and where you're comfortable and where you're like constantly working on that aspect of you as a person 
to even be able to to like look at that stuff in this way, right? Mm-hmm. Because I can tell you like when I was working and I'm still am working extremely hard all the time and doing a million things at once. And like I said, I, I like the chaos aspect of it. So I, I tend to bite off more than I can chew all the time. Um, but when I was in that space where I was like not getting what I wanted and things were really difficult, it's, it's really hard to be like, this is going to work, right? Like the, like it's hard to put yourself in that position where you can feel okay with doing what you need to do to, to feel comfortable so that you can keep going towards whatever it is that your goal is. So I guess my kind of question for you is how did you figure out like that you wanted to do this to the point where you were willing to do whatever it took to, to make your artwork successful and to make you, I don't know, happy with yourself. Like that's a, that's a really fucking hard thing to do. Like that's a really hard thing for people to do. Yeah. I mean, I I love this question. And I think just one more point I'll add on kind of our last conversation is that I think so often people see someone who's happy and successful and they think they're happy because they're successful and they forget that often the happiness, the joy, the abundance mindset and belief in a better world and a better life often usually comes before the success. Mm. You believe in it, you know it's there, you you picture it, you manifest it, and then you take the actionable steps and then that becomes your reality. Mm. And I feel like that's very much what led me to becoming an artist and to having success is I, like I said, I was a nanny. I was, um, I was teaching art lessons to a few kids and I would do that in the summers and especially, and then, you know, some throughout like the school year and my rent was at one of the houses I lived in, it was like $230 a month, you know? So like super low overhead. (laughs) And I was like, I would just sort of picture like, I want to be a full-time artist. I want to work with these brands. I would show up to outdoor retailer. I would, I would just put in the work. I could picture it. I could picture how I wanted to spend my days. I was very clear about the brands I wanted to work with. I was very clear about how much money I wanted to make a year. I was very clear about knowing that I was going to make it happen. Mm. And one of my favorite quotes is, write your dreams in pen and your method in pencil. Mm. And I think it's like so easy to say, okay, well, to become a full-time artist, all the money that goes into my business or whatever Mm. needs to come from art. And that is just not true. I mean, I, speaking of getting lucky, one of the things I was so, so lucky to have experienced was uh, I was asked to be in a film called National Parks Adventure that we filmed in uh, 2013. And okay, no, I didn't make like a ton of money, but I made, I made some money. We traveled around for a month and all over the US, it was Conrad Anker and Max Lowe and I. Feels like a million years ago. And it was this film that played in theaters all over the world. So I got paid to go on these speaking gigs where I would go to Mexico City by myself and speak in front of 300 people. Mm. Or I would go to, uh, I got to go to like Germany and Spain and France. And it was, it was crazy. No, that does not happen to everyone. Like that is what we're talking about. We're talking about lucky. That was like right place, right time. But so... Being open to 
and I was in college while that happened. So I was like working remotely. So we would film from like 4am to like 9pm do dinner. And then I would stay up for like three hours writing my thesis and painting, <laughs> like mm. no joke. It was a crazy chapter. Right. But I was, I could picture it. I knew, I knew that I wanted to create art about the outdoors, about my life, about the things I was seeing. And I knew that I wanted to inspire other people to think outside of the corporate box. And I wanted to, I didn't know how I was going to get there. Like that national parks adventure job was so random. The babysitting was so hard. Like I watched three boys that were nine, 10 and 11. <laughs> I was like, Oh my gosh. Like that was hard. Okay. Like, I, got paid, I got paid $12 an hour to watch all of them. <laughs> Uh. speaking of knowing your worth and yeah like what what was i thinking it's like four dollars a child and um do what you gotta do just happen but you just do what you have to do and i th i was able to make the switch to being a full-time artist after i had been doing both for a while mm. right and I think so often we get in our heads that like, okay, if I want to do this thing and I want to start my business, it's going to be all on my own. It's going to happen exactly like this. I'm not going to have another job. No, like be pragmatic, be like, do not rush, but also do not wait. Mm. Like if that makes sense. Yeah. Like no, don't it's... put yourself in a financial situation where you are like, it's not good, but also like, put yourself in a financial situation where you're like, okay, like this has to work at this time. And yeah. How, how did you deal with the anxiety that comes with something like that? Right. Because you're like, am I going to be able to make money? Am I going to make this work? How do I like, what's next? What happens if like everything stops, right? Like what happens if people decide tomorrow that Rachel's art isn't cool anymore, right? Like what, like those kind of things are things that go through anybody's mind when they're making a change to like working for themselves, right? That's one mm -hmm. of the scariest things is like, it's actually all on me now. There's not a job that I can lean into. There's not someone else that I can blame when something doesn't happen. There's not somebody else that's like there to fix my problems for me. You're it. Like it stops with you and it's your business. So how did you deal with the anxiety of, of that? Right. And maybe anxiety is the wrong word. It's different for everybody, but for me, it's been anxiety. So yeah. how do you, how do you deal? I think that just trusting in myself and in, I say the universe all the time, but like, I'm obviously <laughs> a deeply spiritual person, not yeah. religious, but very much like I, I just knew that like, okay, if this doesn't work out, I have so many things that I will, ha I will do. Yeah. Like I will go back, I will be a nanny, maybe ask for, you know, 12, 50 an hour instead of 12, just kidding. Um, <laughs> but like, you know, I just trusted that I was good enough, yep. you know, like, no, I'm not amazing, but like, I'm good enough that if this doesn't work, I have, I can just work in a restaurant. I can nanny, I can do any of these things. But I was like, but I think it's going to work. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe I was just really naive, but the feedback I was getting from people was like, we haven't seen something like this before. Yeah. And that really meant a lot because I was just painting straight from my heart. I was yeah. just painting the things that, and saying the things, I think that was a huge part of, of, you know, my, my career as an artist has, has been 
not my art has yeah. been sharing my story, sharing my fears, sharing my insecurities about things, being vulnerable and just not being afraid to, to talk about it all. And I know that's not everyone's path. And I, I have been like so lucky, like right place, right time, amazing community, but I've also never stopped believing in myself. And I think it helps to have parents who like, thank goodness, were like, yeah, you should do that. We know how hard you work. We know that you uh, have always wanted to be an artist since you were like seven. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that, yeah, just doing so much inner work because you will never do anything in the outside world until your inner world is at a place where you mm. think it's that you deserve it or you think that it's worth it. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I, uh, I couldn't have said it better myself. I uh, Last thing I kind of want to touch on with you is, and then I'll let you get out of here, is the process that you kind of go through as an artist, because I don't think we've really talked about that enough. What what does that look like? People have no, <laughs> like, I don't know where you even start. <laughs> to draw. We've talked about everything but your art, I think, at this point. But I know. What, where... <laughs> Where, where do you start? Where, what is that? What does that process look like? Do you have a process? I, I kind of assume everyone does, but I, I'd like a little insight into that and how, how you kind of organize your thoughts in a way that they can put, be put onto a piece of paper. Yeah. I think that's hilarious that we've, of course, we haven't really <laughs> talked about art, but it makes sense because like, I'm an artist, but so little of my life is actually my paintings if that makes any sense no it totally does. Um, <laughs> it's back to what it's back to what you so said it's, about it's the iceberg actually perfect yeah it's it's uh, it makes uh, sense so i think the first thing that's just so important to me is going outside mm. i love to just go on walks in nature and observe everything i pay so much attention to the way light hits a plant or a mountain. I pay so much attention to the clouds. Like I am always picturing how I would paint something. It gets a little old sometimes. My brain is like, and then I would take the ruler and I would put it at this angle to draw that railing. Mm. Like, why am I like this? Yeah. But it's amazing. And I think that's that's a step that's kind of going on in the background at all times. It's like having music playing at all times in your house. It's like, that's just the constant where I, whenever I'm outside, I'm really paying attention. I'm thinking about how I'd mix colors. It's kind of like, I'm always, I'm just always in it. And, and that is, you know, that, that comes with time, but where you really start embodying it. And then I, you know, I take photos. I usually compile a bunch of photos on my iPad and I will, you know, kind of cut things out or erase them in like procreate, which is the yeah, yeah. funniest app name ever. And I will kind of make these collages of my photos to create the scene that I want. Cause often the scenes that I paint, I'm an oil painter, um, I paint landscapes. Yeah. <laughs> I love that this is at the end. <laughs> <laughs> and I love painting close-ups of flowers with mountains in the background. That's kind of one of my signature things. And it just makes me so happy. And it's sort of like this microcosm, macrocosm in the same scene, not really possible to see in real life or with a camera lens where the foreground and the background is in focus, where you see that like on the floor 
or you know on the ground in the flowers super mm. close up detailed with the mountains in the background so i i used to just kind of do that in my head where i would look at the photos and i would sketch it out and now i just do it on my ipad where i actually visually create the painting in photos um beforehand because it is much easier to have a photo reference I love painting outside. I found it really hard to do here in Northern Norway because it's always windy and raining. Um, so I've only done that a few times this summer. I've been, you know, really painting in my studio a lot, but yeah, basically I do an underpainting. I love using this really hot pink color because I love pink. It's one of the questions I'm asked the most is like, why is your underpainting in pink or why are paintings pink? And underpaintings are how you sort of plan out the uh, plan out the painting, plan out the composition, and then when you go over with the oils, it is just like a really quick or a quicker process. And traditionally, artists would use burnt sienna, which is kind of like a brownie orange color. And I use pink because it makes me happy. Like that's the only reason. Um, and then yeah, like right now, I have eleven paintings I'm working on. <laughs> Okay. I don't know why. I just like working on a lot at once. Um, partially because it takes time for oil paint to dry. If you've ever used it, you know, it takes, you know, days or weeks, depending on like the thinning mediums. And so it's fun. I'll, I'll kind of start a lot of different things. I'm like you. I work yeah. well in the chaos. I work well with uh, under pressure, with mm. deadlines, with so many things going on. I'm working on these paintings. I'm... Mm you know, going to announce my new gallery that I'm showing in tonight. I have products I need to shoot. I have a shop update coming up. I'm designing all of our holiday collection of apparel and products. I'm creating a planner and a journal and all of these things and working on 11 paintings. <laughs> and then, um, yeah, kind of the, the final step after I've done the painting, which is a whole podcast in and of itself or rather videos, um, then I let them dry. I paint the sides black. I'm trying to figure out how to get my paintings to America without me having an anxiety attack because <laughs> shipping them seems terrifying. So at this point, my oh. plan is to finish oh. all of these paintings and then bring them on the plane with me, what? some in my <laughs> carry-on, and then some, I know that sounds crazy, but then they're with me. Oh my God, Most that sounds crazier than shipping it, but I guess I don't really know how else. <laughs> Jesus, man, that's fucking crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, just let go. The universe will provide you. And I'm like, except for your paintings, control Except them. for shipping. No, we I've, don't I've, trust I've, shipping. I've, I've flown with my paintings a lot, actually. Like, okay. all you need is a cardboard box, and then you put that cardboard box in another cardboard box, and then you put that in another one, and then you put like 400 fragile stickers on it it works okay i trust you i trust you i'm never doing this so i'm gonna trust you wholeheartedly <laughs> but yeah that's been an interesting thing is like i have been really trying to paint norway to paint this new place i live and i was really struggling to do it and i told my therapist because therapy is amazing and i have it every week it changed my life and i was like um i can't paint she was like, well, what are you doing? I was like, well, I'm trying to paint Norway, but I feel like I haven't been here long enough and like, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, why don't you just paint Montana? You're like, you miss it. And I was like, oh, 
okay. <laughs> so then I've just been painting Montana and these will all go in the gallery I show at Altitude Gallery in Bozeman. And it's kind of cool because it has actually helped me process and let go of my old life and remember that like I can just go there mm. a couple times a year and be there and experience that those places and I can also paint them because the coolest thing about painting for me at least is that when I am working on a piece I am there like mm. I feel so connected to that place and to that experience and I think that's so fun how if I'm feeling nostalgic and a bit like I'm missing home I'm like oh I'll just uh I'll just work on my lone peak painting or I'll just work on my piloted index painting or I'll just work on my glacier painting. Like it, it's pretty amazing. The power of really, I think a theme of this whole, of this whole episode is like the power of our intention and our minds and our, and yeah, just, just our thoughts and how we can shift our energy by just thinking about things from a different angle or, or just not making it so hard. Like it doesn't have to be so hard. Mm. Yeah, it doesn't have to be so hard for sure. It, it, there's a lot of things about everything, I guess, that can be so simplified if we kind of take ourselves out of it, right? And we take like, just look at the process from the outside. And that's that's one of the hardest things I think for any creator to do is like, step back and look at how things that they make are going to be perceived, right? And like, not just perceived by the, like the couple people who hate it, the couple people who love it, like perceived like as what it is, right? As the expression of self that this kind of stuff can be what what it actually looks like I think that's that's such a hard thing for people to grasp and it's such a hard thing to to master as as anybody who creates anything it's uh it's very bizarre I have no yeah I, I don't know um <laughs> I what when you're as far as the business of selling art goes how much of it is actually like originals how much of it is prints how much of it is apparent like what uh, from the business side of it, what does that look like for you? How do you decide where your energy goes, where your effort goes, and what's uh, where do you assess the most value um, to your to your brand and to your business? Oh my gosh, this is a constant daily struggle. <laughs> um, <laughs> my hope is that by showing at this new gallery, that originals can become a bit more of my income again. They used to be like used to be maybe like half originals, half prints. And mm. then it became like, uh, you know, more apparel and stuff. I would say now it's probably like 80% my e-commerce, mm. um, which is apparel. It's really good. And... By the way. It's really like, it's a Thanks. solid website. Like it's, it's really, it's pretty seldom that people have a good website and a good brand and a, and good art as a whole. But yeah, yours is great. I was on it before Thank this. You. Like, that was part of my prep work. I'm like, I'm going like, to work... see what she does here. <laughs> I work probably too hard on it. But um, but yeah, I I, I think it, it really does fluctuate. I It's funny because I think the perception is that like, maybe some people think that Instagram is like a ton of my income. But the reality is uh, like Instagram paid ads is maybe or yeah, I guess paid, paid promotions would be maybe like 5% of my income. Yeah. And then, yeah, the rest of that is the gallery, but I'm hoping that the gallery stuff can really like pick up because I've been feeling, yeah, more called to create the slower work. I love designing so much, but it's really stressful to invest so like to me so much money 
into these products and then hoping people like them and trying to find that balance between the new products or restocking the old ones and like people really loved them and they sold out. But then, you know, there's a million questions I ask myself every day. And, And also I think, right, there's this like push and pull between, okay, well, I'm selling a bunch of prints right now. Oh, and now I'm not. Is it because people don't want prints? Is it, or is it because they're all sold out? Should I focus more on that? Mm. And it, it, it is, it's weird. It's like, it's like a mobile, you know, where you have like the little yeah. balancing, you know, it's like, it's really easy to uh, constantly feel like I'm out of balance with my business and not really knowing what to focus on, especially since um, as much as I would love to say that I have like a big creative team, like it is me. We take the photos, I edit the photos, I upload the photos, I write the descriptions, I do the marketing emails, I do the Instagram, I make the reels, I make all of it. <laughs> like I have a customer service person that, that like will respond to folks, but I, yeah, I mean, honestly, I think I'm at this place again where for a while I was fulfilling orders for 40 to 60 hours a week in addition to my other work. And then I decided to get a warehouse and now I have customer service, I have the warehouse, but I'm, I'm at this place where I, I do want to focus more on actually painting and on my YouTube channel. I started it this winter. I released four videos. It was like my favorite thing ever to make them. And then we moved and I've just felt so ungrounded. And like my dream for the future is to paint, to yes, still have my, my business, my like e-commerce business, but uh, to focus more on, like I was talking about earlier, that community platform mm-hmm. where it's more about sharing ideas and creativity and supporting one another and a bit less about like selling stuff. Because as much as I try to have my products be eco-friendly and made in the US and Canada, it's it's inevitable that like I am creating a carbon footprint with yeah. my business. And like, no, I'm not perfect. And yes, I carbon offset, but like, that's still not perfect, you know? And I just want, yeah, I just want my brand to feel like getting a hug from your best friend on like a sunny day while like out in the mountains. Mm-hmm. Like, I just want it to feel like so fun and comforting and welcoming and, and, and inspiring. And, and I think that you know, it's, it's scary. It's hard to trust in the economy. It's scary thinking about the environment and the way the planet is going. But like, I, I believe in people. I believe in the goodness of, of people to like do the right thing. And I, and, you know, maybe that sounds naive, but I just think more and more, the really bad things are loud and the really like, I love how this is a segue. This is just the most random tangent, but like, <laughs> but the truth is like, we, like we have to like, yes, business is what you want to do in your brand and what you put out in the world and your efforts. But it's also like, I'm just trying so hard to be aware of the world and aware of what we all need and not just continue to say like, I'm just gonna make these products cause it's fun and I like to, and then I invest all this money in them and then I'm worried about them selling. Like, I just want to move forward with how the world is going and to like, yeah, just be this, like so much less of just a store and a brand and so much more of a friend. 
and a home and like a place where you go to feel less alone and feel inspired and feel happy and feel supported. And I just, I'm just so excited. Like I freaking love my job and I know that not very many people can say that, but I just, I just think that anyone who doesn't, you can always bring a different perspective to it, mm. you know? And you can always say like, wow, I am so glad I get to show up to my job and make money to like feed myself and my family. You know, like there's always a different way to look at it. And, and that's, something that I hope people have gotten out of this conversation. Yeah, for sure. If they haven't by this point, they're they're it's it'll be hard. They forgot. Yeah, they just exactly. skipped yeah, through. It's like just yeah, 15, 15, 15, 15 and just <laughs> That's, I, it's uh mm. it is what it is. Um Rachel, this has been this has been fantastic. Um this is kind of your time to plug things. I know your husband has a new podcast coming out, so for sure let's mention Yay. that. Um with Burkhard, which is great. So Charles, not the post serial heir to the throne, <laughs> but uh, your husband and Chris Burkhardt have a new show, which I still am not certain on the name of. So you can give us that. Give us where people can find uh, all of your stuff and uh, anything yeah. else you have going on and want to plug. This is uh, this is your time. Oh yeah, and and thank you so much for this conversation, Adam. It has really meant a lot. I this is actually only the second podcast I've ever done. You're really good because- at it. Thank you. <laughs> You're a good talker. Like it's, I always wonder like this is uh, and maybe this is a little inside baseball for people, but I always, my biggest anxiety is if people will have a conversation, right. Or if they think it's like a, you know, like an interview for a magazine or like a quiz or something, you know, that's always my like, biggest yes. anxiety. No, people do that. And sometimes I'm like, Oh, this is so hard. That's like when I get challenged and I'm like, I wish I had questions written down. Like Aww, this would have been really well, but like, yeah, it is what it is. So you're <laughs> you're great. I appreciate it very much. <laughs> well, yeah, I've loved this conversation. And if anyone wants to check out my website, it's rachelpolart.com. And I'm sure that'll be in the show notes, but it's spelled P-O-H-L, my last name. And I'm Rachel.pole on Instagram. My husband is Charles Post. And um, yeah, charlespost.com, all of that good stuff. Charles and Chris Burkhard are releasing a podcast soon. I believe it is called The Traverse, but maybe don't quote me on that. And yeah, we also have our Samoyed named Mr. Canute, and he has an Instagram. So please go follow Mr. Canute. <laughs> If you just need some joy and fluffiness in your in your day, <laughs> I, uh, I'm still a little out to lunch on how I feel about dog Instagram accounts because, like, I actually I actually treat my dog my dog is like very much the opposite. It's like I hold on to my dog with everything that I have. Like I'm like this is just my little bubble of happiness. But I actually like your, I wish I could have your, and maybe one day we'll have your approach to this where it's like, my dog is great and makes me happy. I want it. I want him to make everybody happy. So right. I'll, uh, yeah, we, I'll we resisted that. for a while to be totally honest. And then we realized that Knut's personality is just too big. Yeah. And so we wanted to give him his own page. And what I have loved so much about Mr. Knut is making him really cocky and like really full of himself because i just think it is so funny he'll just be he's just like 
can we just take a moment to appreciate how amazing I am? Like, it just cracks me up because we all know those people in the world who do that and they're not kidding. So it's a little (laughs) bit of, you know, that. And it's also like a bit of dogs know their worth. And like, what if we all showed up and like, maybe you don't have to say it out loud, but what if we all just showed up and we were like, have you seen how amazing I look on this paddleboard? Like I am not falling in the water right now. Like this is awesome. You know, like there's a little bit of that too. Like don't take yourself so seriously, people. Um, it's true. It's true. My, my dog unapologetically wants to play every three seconds. And it's like, I don't care what you're doing. And it actually brings you down a lot to like real mm-hmm. world and what's important. And that's been so helpful to me is like, yeah, nothing else really matters except for what matters right this second for, for a lot of people. And, especially for your dog. So it's been a good Yes. Day. Oh my gosh. And our cat, our dog and our cat that we flew across the ocean. Yeah. <laughs> I don't they even want to talk champions. about how, yeah, I don't, I don't even want to talk about that experience. That, that stresses me. So, <laughs> Next podcast, you can interview Knut and yeah. he can tell you the whole story. Perfect. I'm, I'm sure okay. it'll be very good. Um, <laughs> thank you, Rachel. I appreciate this. This has been great. Oh, thank you, Adam. I, yeah, I absolutely loved this conversation and I hope, Folks got a lot out of it. Same. Um, 